We like, get to see Jamie Lannister naked. That's it. That's what we're talking and about. And his dick twitches. Right. Best chapter twitch, there twitch, is. Twitch. Thank you, George. Um, <laughs> I'm complete as a human being. What up, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's. Song of Ice and Fire series. I'm Nate. Joining me as always is my brother, Zach. Brother. Right. I liked that. That's you, dude. Sure. Say hi. I don't want to. All right. Fuck off. What up? I'll say what up, though, because that's better than hi. Okay. All right. He's up. That's all So we read A Song of Ice and Fire here. We are full spoiler. Turn back now. If you have not seen them, read them, I guess you can see the books and not have consumed them as a piece of art. But if you haven't read them and you don't want it spoiled, (laughs) then stop now and come back once you're at this point. So that way, you know, you can enjoy it a bit more. We're getting into the good stuff. We're at the good, good, good pouring of Storm of Swords where the shit starts hitting the fan. Last episode, we were reading... Davos 4, and Davos was brought up from his cell with Sir Alistair, talked to Stanny Boy after some threats by Sir Axel Florent, and was made Hand of the King, and that was pretty dope, and then Melisandre came in and got all dramatic about the great battle, the great one. Right. I saw it. And Stannis also, in the flames, saw the fists of the first men, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and then they tossed some leeches into a fire pit. Cast some ill wishes on some kings across the land. False kings. And that was pretty much that. Yeah, and then they shit all over Jane Poole. I, what? <laughs> I w- no, I didn't. Oh. Why would you say such a Sorry. thing? So speaking of that, since you're being a fucking jerk, I did not ever say that anything wrong with Jane Poole. I wouldn't shit on her. Don't listen to that. But... This episode is the episode we're going to announce who our special guest is. Oh, we are announcing yeah. it? Yeah, in the small council. We're going to Ha, you have to wait till the end. Yeah, so hot. if you'd like to find out the unbelievable guest's Well, name, first, I guess we should uh, also announce that we made a mistake in the numberage, and so... We've already recorded that episode? Right, well, we've already recorded it with the guest, and it is not, I believe we've announced it as being Aria 6. Or 7. Three, 7, well, the next one. It's going to be Aria 8. And it's Aria 8, which, in layman's terms, it's the High Heart episode Which is technically Aria. 6 episodes from now. Right. But we will be coming at you with episodes regularly so that we can get to that one with so yeah, her? stick around. Ooh, mm. stick around till the small council to actually find out who it is. But guys, it's a great fucking episode. It's a really good episode. We had a lot of fun. So we we'll get into that. So this episode, we are not reading Davos. Uh, we are reading Jamie. Thamey. And so la- last we left Thamey. Thamey. He was. He was trying to recover. He's, he's in possession of the goat. Vargo Hoat has Jamie. He's cut off his hand, and Jamie's not feeling so good about it. It really fucked with his mental faculties as well as his physical right. faculties. We began to really see the breakdown of Jamie Lannister as we knew him for the first three books, and Jamie Lannister as we are going to know him, it will start to emerge in this one. He's, and he's breaking out of his cocoon. Right. At the end of Jamie's last chapter, Jamie 4, they arrived at Heron Hall and met Bruce Bolton, who essentially said, you know, we need to treat Sir Jamie correctly and Lady Brienne. So get them clothed and bathed and yada 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 and we'll take care of them. And Roose Bolton is a creepy motherfucker as we all know. And so things were kind of left. But we also know that he is 
nice to his guests. Allying with the Lannisters <laughs> at the moment, right. And so we pick up Jamie 5 with the bathhouse. A, A, A. So, yeah, the Heron Hall bathhouse. Jamie has been summoned to dinner with his leech lord, Roos Bolton. Yeah. And therefore, he must be clean because road grime. So, if you're new to rereading the bathhouse chapter here, Jamie 5 is a pretty prominent chapter. A, A, A. Because not only do we get the deepest insight into who Jamie Lannister we is, we get as a to person, see Brienne naked. That, no. Oh. It is not like. God, you're a fuck. We like, get to see Jamie Lannister naked. That's it. That's what we're talking and about. And his dick twitches. Right. Best chapter twitch, there twitch, is. Twitch. Thank you, George. Um, I'm complete as a human being. No, we get to see the what happened in King's Landing. From, the truth of Ares' reign. From what it, it, it appears to be the truth that we get from him. Sure. Even if it's unreliable in certain capacities, what he told us seems to be... An accurate recounting of what he feels occurred. Yeah, no, not only did losing his hand strip Jamie of his weapon, it also stripped him of his armor. Because now he is willing to finally reveal to someone what actually happened in Ares' reign, the actual truth of it. The, the fact that Ares was ready to detonate everything and just go out. And literally, Jamie heard it from him himself that let Robert be king of fucking ashes like he right. won't take this city and jamie acted accordingly here heroic or not we'll take this city. so yeah jamie Sorry. enters into the same tub area that uh brianne is and she's not happy about that yeah it's pretty funny so jamie orders all the help out because they're fine and then climbs into the same tub as brianne Feeling horrible, but still much better than he has. Just a quick drawing the attention to that. He's he's still a prisoner, and he's commanding the guards. Even though he's been in prison for how many how many years? Two years or some shit at this point. point. And he's been on the run since, and he's lost his hand now. He still commanded those guards out of that room. Yeah, he makes note of it. That old habits kind of die hard for the help. Of following the Lord's command because they look resentful, but they do listen. And so I think that that's that just goes to show that while he's casting doubts on himself, he's still able to emit that presence, that aura of "I'm still Jamie fucking Lannister. You will obey me. I'm still the Lord here." Jamie Lannister. Bitch. And while a lot of them, even if it was you know Willis Tyrell, maybe they'd still. Be like, yeah, sure. Sure. But I feel like he's saying it with the bravado enough to where they're like, oh, right, yeah, bye. I mean, or at the very least, you don't want to piss off his dad. That too. So Brienne turns away from him, and Jamie mocks her being the shy maid and assures her that he ain't interested in anything she's got. And pull me out if I drown. I don't want to. I don't want to drown in here. I won't be the first Lannister to die in a tub. LOL, LOL. I really like that he's making that in a bathhouse when Tywin, you know, is in an outhouse, essentially, he dies in the shower. Oh, I was thinking more of Uncle Gary, who's literally, like, the shrouded lord under the waves. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe Jamie wouldn't. It's not a tub, but it's more the, the shameful act of drowning, I think, that Jamie's also referencing. And, you know, hey. But, yeah, Jamie begins to awkwardly wash himself, and it's horrible, but the dirt is just falling off. It's gross. And he tells her, yeah, to pull him out if he passes out. And she asks why she should care how he dies. And Jamie says that she made a vow. 
and eventually kind of turns bitter and says that she should be pleased he's lost the hand that slew the king, that threw the Stark boy from the tower, that slid up Cersei's thigh to arouse her, and then shamefully says, no wonder Renly died with you protecting him. Ooh, and yeah, that's the that's the that's the blow that hurts, man. And he again, we will immediately see because when we first saw them on the run, he was unapologetically brutal and savage with her verbally. And in this instance, immediately he's oh, that was too. I crossed the line. Mm. That I fucked up. And it's immediate and hurt. She jerked as if he had struck her. You mother. And stands, and then he gets a good old look at the Brienne badge, which. Makes his dick twitch, and that troubles him, because he's like, shit, it has been long since I've been with Cersei. And then he gives a Jamie apology, where he's like, I didn't mean to mock you. You could have, you've protected me better than most could. And she asks if he's mocking her, and he asks, are you thick as a castle wall? Which, hey. Dunk the hunk. Dunk the long, thick as a castle wall. And he asks her for a truce, but she says truce. Truces are built on trust. And how could I trust you? And so James Kingslayer. Like, Kingslayer. And he says, why did no one name Robert Oathbreaker? Which is a very good point. I really like that. Like, Robert's the one who started a fucking rebellion. He tore the realm apart, as Jamie says. And knowing what is known about Lyanna and Rhaegar and Robert's relationships... It may not have been reciprocated. It probably fucking wasn't. And therefore, Robert did exactly this. He broke his oaths and rose a rebellion for something that wasn't actually happening. He did what he did out of love. You say what you say out of ignorance. I'm sorry. I love you to death, Brienne. He did but... all he did for pride, a cunt, and a pretty face. Like, that's that's it. That's Robert. That's Robert. Um, like... You forgot uh, beer or ale at the end of that, but other than that, yeah, spot on. You named, that's Robert. And Jamie makes a fist, or would have, if he still had a hand in pain, lanced I up really his arm. Like that. It's cruel as laughter. I really like that that image of like him trying to close his hand that he doesn't have anymore. But like, I like that he's now sharing with his brother Tyrion the hatred of the cruelty of laughter. Uh, that's a new one for Jamie that we get that he doesn't like being laughed at. It's a Mocking, he doesn't like that mocking cruelty that Tyrion's had that he's imposed on everybody, right? That he's dealt and that Tyrion's dealt with forever. And yeah, uh, his head swimming, he realizes he's not quite himself. The steam of the tub, the hotness, the fever coming out of him, just all of it combined is making for a Jamie soup here in this tub. Did you know my brother lit the black water on fire? I like that. We, especially because we're going to be getting the Tyrion chapter next, where we see the the carnage that was dealt as he's greeting Oberyn at the gates. <laughs> we immediately will see that where everything burned because of that. Not just the yeah. river, but the shores as well. And, and we, we, we get it. We get Jamie goes yeah. into it. After John Connington lost the Battle of the Bells, Ares exiled him and realized that Robert was the greatest threat to House Targaryen since Daemon Blackfire. So we'll skirt, pause here. Skirt, pause. This is some, you know, we've had brief mentions of John Con here and there. We got it in uh, Brand 2 with the uh, Night of the Laughing Tree. Yep. We got, uh, we get it, just image, little mentions here and there, but that, that's, a, I think, just really prevalent, that we're about to get this, as we just stated, 
what he believes to be some of the most real and impactful things of the time, and he brings up John Conn. Yeah, this John is such Conton. a ridiculously brilliant comparison here because the House Blackfire started the Dance of the Dragons, the right. first dance, and Robert's Rebellion and then Rain is kicking off and leading into the second Dance of the Dragons that we're going to be getting in Winds of Winter and so Spring. And so that brings me to a point with... Ares is dumb and mad, but he was right here. John Con running off. We also know that some of the Blackfires went out to Bravos area, mm-hmm. and then that's where the first, you know, the that's where the what up Illyrio, where they come from when they come and mess with shit, and it's just interesting to see the the reflection of it all with yeah. with Robert and banishing John Con, and now he can go and even join technically the target, you know, Daenerys or yeah, I just love e- it because it, George is so smart because we're told and told and told by this point we're beat over the head with it that Ares is fucking insane. And delusional, and so anything he says, meh, you're kind of just, at this point, used to writing off as ravings of a mad king. But this here, this is true. This is absolutely true and correct, and this is exactly what happens. It leads to the greatest threat to not only House Targaryen, but the realm, the the damage the realm faced during the first dance. Like... That's what's occurring again, and it's just such a good line by George. But so he wasn't wearing his white cloak that day. He was wearing. Oh, his gold. you skipped a bunch of stuff. Hold oh, on, yeah, because the king back. had gracelessly, gracelessly, and I think this is brilliant that we're getting reminder of the Dornish involvement right before Tyrion's next chapter, yeah. where Oberyn shows up. But the t- Ares gracelessly reminded Lewin Martell that he still held Elia and sent him to take command of the 10,000 Dornishmen that were coming up the King's Road. So the Dornishmen, not only do we know what happens, Oberyn comes to King's Landing for justice for Elia and her two chil- children, they were kind of threatened and coerced into fighting for the Targaryens on the day of the rebellion, or the time being the rebellion. Right. So that that just double baggage. That Not only do the Tyrells and the Dornishmen have a ton of baggage, not over in a Willis though, uh, and but the Targaryens do as well, and so it's a uh, ah, it's just so there's so much here. Uh, John Derry and Barristan Selmy had rode to the Stony Sept to rally the Griffin's men, what remained of them, and Prince Rhaegar had returned from the south and persuaded his father to summon. What was he doing in the south? What was what was going on down there? What? Tower Joy. I didn't hear you. The Tower of Motherfucking Joy. Okay. At which point he went and got his ass beat at the Ford. And I think it's interesting that, like, Rhaegar came back and was like, yo, get Tywin in this bitch, because, like, shit's getting wild. But no ravens returned from Casterly Rock, and the king grew nervous, especially more so with Varys whispering in his fucking ear, being like, hey, look behind that tapestry. Yeah. I like that a lot. I love that. Uh, that Varys has been just chilling since forever. So he commanded his alchemists to place wildfire caches all over King's Landing, from Flea Bottom to the Sept of Baelor to the Red Keep. And everything was done in the utmost secrecy. Not even the acolytes were trusted with this information. The queen's eyes were long closed, and Rhaegar was busy marshalling an army. But Ares wanted to take no chances. Nah. None. Zero. But... The new hand was not entirely stupid. Lord Charlestead. Chelstad. Chelstad. Yeah. Sure, Chelstad, who became suspicious of Rosart, Bellis, and Gargar- Gargus, Gargus, who were the pyromancers. Yeah. 
Also, interesting point about Chelstead. He was... Ooh, excuse me. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, I tried to drink a little Bodily wildfire. Bodily functions, tried they to, happen. I tried to drink a little wildfire to become a dragon. Didn't work, but my acid reflux, dude. How do um, you get your hands on that stuff? Lord Chelstead was one of King Aerys' most loyal supporters. He was vehemently and vocally against Rhaegar and was one of the people who was like, yo, my king, this shit at Harrenhal, this tourney at Harrenhal, this is a fucking... It's a coup. It's a coup for Rhaegar to gather a grand council. That's what's happening here. And I I just think that's interesting because, as we know here, Chelstack gets fucking torched alive for speaking against Ares here. If that's not a similar parallel to watch with Danny, of the the hand that supports them the most, but right, right. not in the way they want and gets roasted, that maybe we may see a similar thing with Danny come up in in the future. But I just thought it was interesting you that think Tyrion. You think Tyrion's gonna be the hand? Tyrion, that... maybe Jorah. Jorah like, I was thinking there's, as well. a, there's a couple different uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. different like candidates, that. but yeah, he. Confronted Ares, did all he could to dissuade he him. Pled with him, man. Right. Yeah. Pled, conjoled, joked, jested, threatened. threatened. Like, yeah. Did everything in his power. And when he failed, he took off his chain of office and flung it at Ares' feet. Which, while I was, you know, noting and jotting and reading this chapter, I couldn't help but think of the show, Tyrion. the last season when he with flings it. Yeah. I think that's what inspired that mm-hmm. scene. Is this one here of? This this is a very powerful moment, especially knowing at this point it's kind of out with Ares that like he's torching motherfuckers and kind of crazy. Nasty, so nasty for Lord Chelstead to do this, like that's balls, Bold. man. That is big brass fucking balls. Bold as fuck. So they said, "Fine, fuck ya. Your ashes. You can't be the hand of the king." And yeah. they gave it to Rosart. Ares burnt him alive for that and had Rosart appointed hand. The man who cooked Lord Rickard Stark in his armor. Yeah. Which it is, I think, extremely significant that Jamie holds on to that because that's his PTSD moment. That's the moment I think he realized how fucked the society is that Rickard Stark that is just burning the armor. And, and it's the king. I can do nothing about it because this fucking mad psycho is king and is saying it. I have to protect him. I have to listen to him abusing Elia and shit in the room. And, you know, he even, at, he even, there's a discussion with him, Jamie, I believe, and Sir Gerald Hightower, where Sir Hightower, he, Jamie says, we, or I think it's Jamie, tells Gerald Hightower, we're supposed to be protecting her too. And he says, yes, but not from him. And it's just, the Lord Rickard Karstark is where Jamie had to go away in his mind and be yeah. somewhere with Cersei. That's his PTSD moment that he keeps coming back to. And, and Ares kept him close. Of course he, he did. He was Tywin's little baby boy. His heir, his son. And so Jamie heard it all, though. And he remembered, <sighs> He can remember the shine of Rosart's eyes as he unfurled the map as they were deciding where to place the substance, just the excitement, the glee in it. Jeez. So Robert versus Rhaegar happens, and everyone knows how that played out. The queen is shifted off to Dragonstone with Prince Viserys. Elia was forbidden by Aerys who believe that Lewin betrayed Rhaegar at the Trident, so the Dornishmen are false, playing him false, so he kept Elia close to him. We also know that Willem Derry and went as well, um, and, of course, that the Queen is pregnant with right. Daenerys at Danny, this point. Danny, Danny, Danny. And, and so they're gone. Ned Bye. comes flying down the, the country with the vanguard, and 
he makes a stop at King's Landing. This is also where we get the quote. Well, he's racing. After he shipped him off, Eris had said, The traitors want my city, and I'll give them naught but ashes. Let Robert be king over charred bones and cooked meat. And Jamie thought here that Ares meant to be born anew. He didn't think he was going to die if he blew up the city. Yeah. And so, yeah, Ned's racing south, but Tywin got here first. He arrived at the gates, and Pycelle advised Ares to open the gate, convinced him to, and Jamie notes that it's the one time he should have listened to Varys, which I think is interesting that Varys was telling him, no, my gra- your grace, you can't trust Tywin. Don't like, Tywin. don't open those gates. So what is that? <clears throat> that. 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 Why? He knows that Var- that Ares is going to burn the city, blow it to bits. Is that what he wants, is to, to reveal the the monstrosity that is the Targaryen by destroying King's Landing? What is Ver- Why would Varys try to stop Tywin? Unless, is it because it's he won't be able to... Because he knows that Rhaegar can't be seated at this point because he's fucking dead. Yeah. Or, you know, in hiding, if, you know... But, right, I mean, it could just be fear that a Lannister will take claim of the throne, and that's a harder sort of task sure. to okay. deal with a newly Yeah, I can't new really family. think of, specific, like, there's a lot of Yeah, it could just be about the children, you know, he's got to make got, sure right, that Elia and the kids are safe first. Right, and that having, there's the heir, that right. that's technically the next king, is uh, Viserys. Right. Well, Viserys, and then, yeah, even but Danny. Princess... Aegon, or Prince Aegon. Right, 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 duh. Rainies. Uh, Rainies, yeah. Jesus, the names. But, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So, Jamie asked Ares his leave to make terms with his father and was commanded instead that if he was truly loyal, he will bring Ares his father's head. So, Jamie found Rosart, disguised as a common man-at-arms running for a postern gate. And Jamie killed him first. It reminds me of the Lord of the Rings. I want to say it's the Two Towers with the, the, the Battle of Helmsdale when he's the... charging down to like. That's the... it's terrifying. Like yeah. he was disguised as just a common Sneaking man to through slip through, to... and if he got there, like something was... was gonna just detonate. Somewhere. One of the sub city like sections of the city. Right. Where, you know, it's yeah. Fuck. That's just and he. Then, then he, he went to Ares goes before he oh, could right. give the order on to another pyromancer. And days later, he went and hunted down Bellis and Gargus. Uh, All the other Garrus pyromancers, well. anyone else who had knowledge. One bribed, one cried, but Jamie just so, gave them their mercy. This is important. Mercy. Jamie is one of the very few people that have knowledge of the locations of these this cache, these caches of wildfire. Varys, again, I would imagine knows he and he was egging on, mm-hmm. you know. But so if Arya slips his face, she'll gain access. Is that how it works? She she gains sort of residual right, feelings and memories of like the ugly she little girl. Just be able to get that. She that might be able to feeling to walk through to mm-hmm. where those are. Remember those. Especially walk those halls those days, like, right? When he was hunting down Rose Art and shit, seeing the map, like yeah, I, I, like, that's wild. It's just wild yeah. that he's one of the few in the in the world that has that knowledge. Right. It's one of those things that he probably is unaware even that he knows because he's stuffing it's, it down. It's, it's so this not terrible really thought memory. about or considered information that he's not. Which you know, trauma does that. So Jamie looks at his stump, the the hand that had made him the Kingslayer, and thinks that the goat had robbed him of his glory and his shame, and he thinks, "Who am I now?" So he tells Brienne, you know, fucking say something. And she asks, if this is true, then how come no one knows? 
and of course. You think self-righteous Ned Stark wanted to hear what I had to say? True. Damn. I mean, true. Which it's unfortunate because it's we keep getting bashed over the head with the history is written by the the victors. The victors. Yep. He 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 was victorious here. He saved the realm from this, or at least the city from this crazed lunatic, and yet. Nothing. And by what rights does the wolf judge the lion? He tries to climb out, bangs his stump, and ends up kind of spinning out of control as he's about to pass out, caught by Brienne, but gently. And she yells for the guards to come help the Kingslayer. Guards, the Kingslayer! Make sure to correct her that Jamie, my name is Jamie. He's like, no, baby, it's Jamie. So, also, just have to shout out the show because Nikolai Coster-Waldo. Oh, such a great scene. Gwendolyn. very well done. Gwendolyn, uh, yeah, act the shit out of it, and it's pretty true to form, and it's just so well done and beautiful, beautiful. Chef's kiss, ma. But. Ma. Ma. Got it. Jamie comes to on the floor as Kyburn is over him saying that basically they'll fucking carry his ass if need be, but he's got a Bruce Bolton wants him for dinner, so he wants him for dinner. So <laughs> get fucking clean and get dressed. This is ridiculous. You're a grown-ass man. Wash yourself. So Brian's like, yeah, we've already been naked together. I'll help him dress and shit, so... It's agreed that she will. Brienne is given clothes for him and a stained pink satin gown given to her by the Bloody Maester, as Jamie notes him, which is that just for the Bloody Mummers, just him fitting in, the the Mummers Maester type of thing. Coupled with his being cast out of the Citadel. It's it's a neat, I think that's just a fun... Clever title. Brienne's fucking ugly in this dress, yo. Yo... And fucking stop forcing your damn societal <laughs> bullshits onto her. Like, she looks great in a suit of armor, and she's a fucking badass. She doesn't want to wear dresses, right. Jamie holds back. He's so kind, holds back all the jokes, though, because, you know, she deserves it. Kyburn brings Jamie a tonic to kind of help him clear his head, give him a little bit of strength, and he only drinks it after Brienne commands him to, which is just an interesting little bit that there's been a hierarchy of staff at a sheer of Jamie. Drink order, this. Yes, Jamie ma'am. ordering the guards around. They're the, the servants around. He's a submissive little fucking... Right, yeah. That's <laughs> all he wants. Whether it's Cersei, Brienne, he just needs a woman to take control. Clutching Brienne, he then heads off to dinner with her into the Hall of Hearts of Heron Hall. And in the center of that immense emptiness... The Lord of the Dreadfort sat waiting at a trestle table, yes. attended only by a cupbearer. And now we know from Arya's chapters that this hall is massive, that there's a fuck ton of hearths. Two are lit. In the center Maybe it's like f- f- but- of that immense emptiness. Like, fuck me. What a descriptor. Just You telling molten. me this man is not a mortal and that he has not been sitting here just contemplating what body he wants you to You telling me next. it's not much fucking scarier if he's just a man? That like I don't know. You've got you're going off on I'm not going on Eldritch horror fucking Euron, Euron. sure. What's so far fetched about this guy being so enveloped in this dark capacity that he's in this immense emptiness. That's awesome. Immense emptiness because and even across this hall he's like join me 
Because that, like that, I just and get they the vibe. I'm it. getting the vibes that, like, the immense end. That's describing Roos. That's him, dude. Like, he's just empty inside. Not because he's a fucking immortal. Because he's a sociopath. Because he's just he's a, a sociopath. Yeah. Psycho. He's, he's a, Charles Manson. He is of, terrifying. Like, we see the offspring in Ramsey, this, this rape baby. Right. Probably. This is what happens when men like him are given power and, and land. He's just it's yeah, it's Dexter to the extreme. Right. Dexter if he it's Donald Trump, just if Donald Trump wasn't a fucking moron. So yeah, he offer tells him to sit, offers him wine. Jamie wants a red because the white is for Starks, which alright, Jamie, chill out. And the talks begin. Jamie questions Roos's intentions, and I just like it because Roos says, Regarding you, and smiles at him and says, You're a perilous prize, Sir Jamie. Well I guess I should You're a perilous prize, Sir Jamie. But uh, Edmure Tully has offered a thousand gold dragons for Jamie. Cersei will pay ten times that. Will she? Will she? Know? Like he doesn't know. Right. There's also Karstark's offer as well, the hand of his daughter to the man who brings him your head. Little Alice. Leave it to your goat to get it wrong, Jamie says. Get it backwards. Bring him Jamie's hand for the head of his daughter. Fucking idiot. Vargo. Vargo Hout. And, yeah, Harry and Karstark was a captive here when Bolton had taken the castle. He sent him go. off with Robert Gulliver. Roosh certainly hopes that nothing befell them at Duskendale. You are a lying mother... Hold up. Wait, Duskendale? <laughs> fucking Duskendale, dude? Let me fucking tell you about Duskendale right now. This son of a bitch, in, like, a page and a half, is gonna be like, yeah... That's why they got fucking crushed over at Duskendale, the fucking morons. What are they doing? You you just said right here, but you just said right here, I sure hope nothing's bad. So this has I been sure something that's been occurring off page, and it can get a little lost in the translation here. So to lay it out, a lot of Rob's forces were at Duskendale, sent to Duskendale, and he wasn't quite sure why. Uh, we just found that answer, Bruce Bolton is sending men to Duskendale. But when they get there, they are met by a host led by Randall Tarley and Sir Gregor Clegane. Fuck. Because Randall Tarley is a bad bitch in the battlefield. The jig is up! And the mountain that rides, the enormity that rides as Oberyn calls him, is, you know, a badass bitch at just killing. So, yeah, uh, that's a pretty... Major reveal in the plot of the and Red it's Wedding. so easy and to it's miss. it's the most subtle, you know, he's expressing concern for his fellow Northmen. Because it doesn't fall into context until we hit that other point in a little bit where he confirms that he has exact knowledge as to what's going on at Duskendale and already. And immediately, like, I really love this chapter getting to see how Roos works because then he just immediately is like, but I've married anyway. So, like, all these different options, money... I don't need money, and I don't need Karstark's daughter, because I literally got both with my wife, Fat Walda, what up, because I got a dowry worth my wife's weight in gold, or in silver, so I chose accordingly, and married a big old fat wife, and got Fat Walda, and so Brienne mentions Roos giving Heron Hall to Vargo Hote. Well, yes, I can't stay here, and I must attend the wedding with Lady Catelyn. That was his price. And the king demands my presence at his wedding. Sorry. Wow. I just like to whisper. Like, at least lean in. I don't want to lean in. It's Roos. You lean in. I have been. (laughs) (laughs) 
And Jamie's like, wait, Edmure Wed's not Rob Stark? Rob Stark is already wed. I just... To a westerling of the crag, perhaps you know her. A girl named Jane. So because we typically kind of skim over a lot of it, um, we're, this is the, the Red Wedding stuff. This is the, like, we've been getting slapped in the face by this stuff in Cat's chapters, but getting it here in Jamie, seeing the building and his involvement in it so heavily laid out, it, it, explaining how Rob is, you know, He's saying the king that lost the north. He's talking very brazenly, very brazenly about his king in front of these two. He would only do that if he was confident that it wouldn't get back. He's assuming Brienne's going to she gonna get killed Brienne by Vargo. leaving here, yeah. And Jamie, he's not going to care because he knows that he's going to be safe at home and, and living it up in King's Landing. Yeah, Brienne's like, this can't, that's not true. Like, Rob made a vow. He wouldn't break a, bra- a vow. And Roos is like, his grace is a boy of 16, and I thank you not to question my word in my house, my Ooh, lady. We still value guest rights in the North. Well, that's when Jamie threatens him. Fuck that. Uh, Jamie almost feels sorry for Rob, thinking that he, he he's won the war on the battlefield, but he lost it in a bedchamber. And he asks how it is that Lord Walderfield's dining on trout in place of wolf. And Edmure, er, <laughs> Rue says that trout makes for tasty supper. And But what's for dessert? He, though his cupbearer, poor Elmar, who was set to wed Arya Stark, oof, oof, oof. Uh, he's just heartbroken over it, and he's not, you know, oh, no. And Brienne asks if there's been any, any word of Arya. Is well, she alive? We have her. Ugh. We have her. So Jane Poole is back in the playing field. Uh, don't say it like that. Now, unfortunately, I'm going to say it like this because that means that he's planning a fucking head. He knows that Ramsey has the north right now, has access to King's Landing. He's, King's Landing? King's Landing. Winterfell. Sorry, Jeez. fake nerd, fucking mm-hmm. asshole. Jeez. He has that plant already there. He just needs Arya. And he's he's playing that, like, that's what, two books away? Is yeah. that, does that come up? And Maybe it comes up at the end of Feasts, but... Dance. It, it's dance. It, it's so far away. Yeah. And he's already lining that shit up, and it's disgusting, and it's awful, and that poor, poor She girl. was missing for a time. But now she's been found, and I mean to see her returned to the north. And Sansa's like, hey, what about... Or Brienne's like, what about Sansa? Because Tyrion made an oath, and Roose is like, has no one told you? Lannisters lie. And then Jamie's like, is that, you know, an affront on my house, sir? Because I swear I'll put this knife right through your fucking eye. You would die. Not before I kill you, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, and we get the laws of hospitality. Uh, we still hold guest rights. Seriously. Tis scarcely North. chivalrous to threaten your host over his own cheese and olives. I don't know why he's got that pompous sounding voice to me, but I just, I picture him looking down on everybody. So he's eating cheese and olives. But like, they go back and forth I for a minute. Jamie begins to understand the game that they're playing here and wonders if Brienne does. And Now, I believe that that's the, the idea that 
Jamie's understanding the plot is the the Red Wedding. That yeah, he's, he's Rob getting the because he's because he specifically mentioned the trout being a good dinner. Now he's heavily emphasizing the the guest right in the meal, and so I feel like Jamie's understanding that there's a coup coming up at the red uh, up at the the twins with this wedding. That yeah. something's happening. That he's working with the Lannisters at this point. Lannisters are liars, you know, they, they, they're fucking sons of bitches, all sorts of just little things that he's trying to drop to Jamie. even. Brienne mentions her mission from Kat, that they must be freed to continue on to King's Landing to exchange Jamie for the girls, and Roose says he knows of an escape, not an exchange, and if Brienne helps Jamie escape, then she's guilty of treason. And she says, well, I serve Lady Cat. And he says, and I, the king in the north, or the king who lost the north, as some have taken to calling him, wink at Jamie, wink, wink at Jamie, wink at Jamie, wink, wink at Jamie, wink at Jamie. It's just fucking fuck, Roos. Like, you're just, you don't give a fuck. So he will be sending Jamie on to King's Landing. I lost my place in my notes. Sorry. <laughs> Jamie tells Brienne to calm the fuck down for a minute, and oh, thinking that the goat has evened the trade a little bit, but Cat isn't likely to thank Cersei when she sends the girls back missing their hands as Jamie is missing his, and thinks he'll get to blame for that too somehow, some way. And so then he explains why the goat took Jamie's hand. Yeah, the, he means to send Jamie on, but Fargo Hoat's kind of thrown a little, a little bit of fly in that pudding real quick, and so he breaks it down as to why. Fargo Hoat had good reason to cut off Jamie's hand, actually, because when he accepted Harrenhal, he didn't know that it was poisoned, and Jamie's like, the curse of Harrenhal, really? The curse of Tywin Lannister, brah. He said the curse of Tywin Lannister, brah. Brah. Just in case. Brah at the end. That's how Roose said it. Right. Yeah. The curse of Tywin Lannister. Vargo probably wanted Stannis to win at the Blackwater, not knowing Stannis to be Stannis. And that, and that he might reward you, yes, for for helping, but he would absolutely then cut your fucking head off for being a traitor and selling people out as a war crime because you're an awful person. And so that means only a Stark victory can save Vargo Hoat now, and that chance is growing ever slimmer. <sighs> hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah. Both sides have made use of him, but neither will shed a tear at his passing. The brave companions did not fight in the Battle of Blackwater, yet they died there all the same. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, they have nothing left. And so he essentially, it boils down to, he cut his hand off because now it's going to fall on Bruce Bolton. It'll be Roos's fault should something occur, and he can kind of fall back on that. And he has then the options of marrying Alice, right? Oh, Alice, and he'd be a lord in truth then. And he would be so far away from Tywin, so so far away. But even if not, maiming him, he Ho is Roos's man, and so it also diminishes his value to Roos because. Roos's bannerman's crime is his crime, and so it's uh, it's actually which plays heavily into the what we read in the the Davos chapter before this with the 
who's responsible for what. What crime? Why is Roos inherently responsible for his Bannerman's action? That's one man that acted, and now Roos would be responsible. Which, granted, fuck Roos. Right. As much as I enjoy the I mean, the it's the same thing with Ellie and her children. Like, did Tywin give the order? Because who's responsible there? Is it Gregor Cuglain? Is it the fucking... Is who it, gave the order? Who gave the order? Is it Robert? Because he started the rebellion? Who Who's... T- fault lies at Elia and her children's deaths. Who the fuck can say the, it's that's that's the tragedy of this world. Someone should have told Vargo to ask the Tarbox or the Reigns. Yes. Jamie's like, yeah, they're not around. True. Precisely. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie says that send me on to Cersei and I'll sing any song you wish, Lord Bolton. And Bolton agrees. He says, I'll have to take you at my at your word, sir, but... I wanted to point out that Brienne did pr- try to mention, well, Rob's won every battle he's been in, and immediately Roos was like, yes. And at the same time, he's managed to lose the Freys, the Carstocks, and Winterfell, as well as the entire North. Wrecked. Not to mention the Boltons. Wrecked. Fucking... The Greyjoys, because Theon... His wolf, because he's not around anymore. Oh, why'd you... Really? You're going to come at me, and then you're going to talk about how he's going to lose... What the fuck? You're going to be a piece of shit? I'm going to be a piece of shit. Rest in peace, Grey Wind. They'll leave when Kyburn says that Jaime is strong enough with an escort of picked men under Walton Steelshanks. And Brienne's like, yeah, but uh, Sansa and Arya are march- my charges, and so, like, your men have nothing to do with it once we get them. We also forgot to mention that he- Roos does mention that the Glovers and the Tallhearts were, at this point in this conversation, broken in Duskendale. Like, yeah. This is what we, this is what happened also. Bye, and so that's Bye, what tall ties the, the whole up. him. No, he knows. He already knows that they're fucked. Even though yeah. he goes, I hope nothing ill befell them. Something ill befell them. It's very ill. They, they're, they're fucked. Yeah. I lied at the beginning Brand of this conversation. Dill. Befell <laughs> them, you know? Randil. I gotcha. Tarly. Dill. Gotcha. Yeah. I got it. Got I got it. it. Got it. Fucking stop. Got it. So, yeah, uh, Sansa and Arya are my charges when I get them. And Bolton's like, yeah, uh, Sansa's married to Tyrion. <laughs> and Brienne is shocked. She's like, but but Tyrion swore. And I'm Jamie's laughing like, at her oh, shock, man, you're such an innocent. Tyrion. And it's funny because. Roos just said, didn't you know Lannister's lie? Like, didn't didn't we just cover this topic? Isn't that what we just went over? He lied to you. Then Jamie thinks about Tysha. Dang. He's like, yeah, a nice hot young wife. That'll make Tyrion happy. Tysha. Tysha. Sadness. Tears. Oh, also, you're not going anywhere anyway, Brienne. Your Vago holds prize. It's we a can't trap. Take everything. It is a trap. It's a trap. I can't deprive the goat of both his prizes. So while Jamie is important, you, a woman, are not. I and would think a little bit less about those girls and a little bit more about sapphires. Sapphires. We need the sapphires. The sapphire situation. All right. <laughs> I hate Vargo Ho, and you're uh, not helping the matter. <laughs> I love what the mummers represent. I love that they're just this tool that Bolton straight up is like, yeah, I th- they got rusty because like the the third person to use them like kind of just left them out in the yard like fucking hedge clippers, and they rusted a bit. So now I'm gonna just throw. We're them gonna in the dumpster. get a lot of mummer imagery, and I'm probably gonna go on some random tangents about mummer stuff just because of the name. And You're a mummer. Prophecies a bit, I suppose that's correct, but 
skirting by that, I, I'm going to be honest, I kind of forgot when I started this that it wasn't just the bathhouse, that there's also the Roose Bolton stuff. Dinner. And, yo, it's, it's, it's like the bathhouse's dinner and Roose Bolton's the dessert of the chapter. It's so fucking good. This whole chapter, it's so good, and there's so much that happens. Roose Bolton is really cool, and by cool, I mean, like, actually cool and cold and scary. And empty. Immensely so. Let's come in our small council. Let's do that. Bruce is coming. Hey. It's a small council. You know that sometimes I just automatically delete the small, almost nothing stuff right at the beginning of the small council just because I assume it's like you breathing heavy, so I'm probably just going to cut that out. Don't do that. Stop whispering. He's so mad at me whispering oh. this episode. You can go first with your inductee because you're pissing me off. Um, My inductee is the juice himself, Roos, because my goodness, just... <laughs> I just want an image, an oil painting above my mantle. I don't have a mantle. I want an oil painting above my mantle of Roose Bolton and Elmar, like his little little cupbearer, just in this empty void of Harrenhal's Hall of Hearths. Like, it's such a powerful image of him, his beady little ice chip eyes fucking squinting in the darkness, just... Ugh, I don't want to go to this table and have dinner with this man, but I have to. So Bruce Bolton, because nice. God damn it! I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm gonna give my inductee to this hall. The hall. The hall is just so. It's a the 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 line immense emptiness is so cool. It's such a descriptive word, and how cold it all feels. It's like it. Don't go crazy here now. Because I know that we have the bolt on, and maybe he's a little bit White Walker, because he's bringing the North with him. It's that much colder in Harrenhal since he's arrived. B- you know, I get that it's haunted to begin with, but this motherfucker brings a chill that ain't no ghosts in Harrenhal can be bringing along. He's creepy as shit, and the hall enhances the fuck out of that. Yeah, uh, like, what's the dread for it like if that's his home? Because right. Harrenhal just feels very ruse, and so... No, nah, there's a place where, like, straight up he kicks his shoes off and he's like, ah. Yeah, there's, like, corpses, people right, that are, like, like strung it. up as the wallpaper. He just puts their skin the on. He puts he the puts, skin on the yeah, wallpaper. The ottoman he puts his feet up on is, like, some stuffed fucking corpse that he's like, yeah, home. I love it. Sweet. He's Westerosi's human caterpillar guy, and I don't like that. H.H. H. Holmes. All right. Let's, so the hall, not, you gave yours to Ruth. Yeah. Um, but they compliment Aaron each other. Hall. I can't find my phone. We have an inductee. Didn't you throw it on the floor earlier? Because you, you have no idea what you're doing. So our inductee comes from Kristen. Kristen. Thank you so much, Kristen, for writing in. We love every single inductee. They just did like us. the weirdest fucking smile when he said that. Did you I? made him real happy, Kristen. Just thought you should know that. Yeah, it's it Kristen. was very. I love reading emphatic. Kristen's emails. She always has like she. she Only puts them Kristen. In little... The rest of you listeners. Whoa. Like, Nate hates. Stop. I love. Will you stop? I love engaging with everyone. You are not. You don't speak for me. I can say my words. So let me say. Read the email. I was trying. Oh, I I don't think you are. 
Thank you for writing in, Thanks, Kristen. Kristen. Kristen's inductee for this chapter. There are so many great options for inductees to this one. Truth. You really can't go wrong. I'm going to go with Lord Chelstead. Chelstead. Who seemed kind of useless, <laughs> but still stood up to the Mad King Ares, which takes a lot of guts. So I'm going to be straight up. I read your inductee before I picked mine, which is very rare. Usually we tr- I try to, I don't know if you do, but I try to have my inductee picked right, up before yeah. I read all the listeners. Sure. So that way I've got my mind. Don't want to be influenced. I was going to pick Chelstead if you had, beca- but since you did, I went with a different one, my second runner up, because of exactly that. He, holy shit, you know this man, you've watched this man burn people alive because they told me to. Sorry, who told you to? They told me to burn them. All right. And he threatened this guy. He tried making jokes. He he tried everything. What do you do to threaten a king like that? Chelstead deserved better because he is another long bottom of the series. Right. It's did, even he just harder didn't get to stand his up to your friends, man. And he did. He was. And it's like it's more fucked up when you realize that he was Ares' staunchest advocator. He was like, "Nah, fuck Rhaegar." Like, you're the man, yeah. And even uh, thinking about it, which I suppose could be partially why Varys was so about it, Varys had confidence in Ares for a while. Where he was doing, until he started getting his end of his life and freaking out. Yeah, Varys is a... Not a great judge kid person to be judging your stuff off of, but... cuts kids' tongues out. He's a savage. Anyway... Thank you again, Kristen. Right. We love that. That was you Jamie, man. That was the bathhouse. That's a big one. We got King's Landing, and we know it's gonna fucking explode yep, because so of Chekhov's wildfire. Chekhov's wildfire under King's Landing. It's gotta fucking blow. It's gotta blow up. Like you can't, you can't put fucking caches of wildfire there and not have them detonate. Is it gonna be Fagon accidentally torching the city or Danny? Maybe. I don't know. Is it gonna be Arya? Probably. So we're hitting this section of the book where shit is on now. We're Mm -hmm. over it. We are quickly heading into the Red Wedding. That's I think within the next ten chapters or so. Red Wedding. Which uh, would clearly mean that we are about to reach the end of Catelyn. We are going to have very few Catelyn chapters left. (laughs) And (laughs) It also means that we will be recording, well, have already recorded. Have already recorded. Aria 8. But you'll get to listen to which it. Which is on High Heart. That's where Aria meets the ghost of High We have Heart. a guest. We have a guest. We do. There's That's a guest right. on that episode. Is that why I brought that up? And it's time to announce who that guest is? <laughs> yeah. All right. You go I'm ahead excited. and do that. Uh, you may have heard of a podcast other than ours, because we know you're, this, what? Is, this is your favorite, but that's okay. You can listen to others. We approve. And one of those podcasts may or may not be Girls Gone Canon. It better be Girls Gone it's Canon. It's definitely Girls Gone Canon. There are two wonderful hosts on that podcast, but we unfortunately couldn't get them both. But we had one come over, and it's Chloe Chloe's from Girls Gone us. Canon. And guys, it's one of the best discussions we've had on this podcast so to much date. Fun. Chloe brought a lot of amazing insight and energy to the, and the energy, podcast, and she put Nate in her fuck in his fucking place. I know they, you guys are like BFFs. So She's my BFF. I don't know how I, how I like, feel about that. We we text all the time. I had a slip of the tongue. No, it was a great. Ta- we had a great. Uh, so much. Fun. Uh, it was so much fun recording with Chloe. The the, the content, the material is amazing. You guys are gonna yes. love it. So Nate and I are gonna hurry up and hustle through. We're gonna be jerks and keep teasing it every episode. Right. Until oh, then, of course. Because we had so much fun. It's and magic. It's fucking pure magic. You you guys are gonna love it, but we've got a couple episodes to get through, including one more Aria, Aria Seven, before we get to the High Heart episode with Aria. But next episode that you'll be hearing from us is not featuring a guest, not yet. but it is Tyrion Five, 
It's another great one because we get to meet Oberyn Oberyn is coming, to and it's town. really cool. There's it's a lot of so a good. lot of neat stuff. I mean, to we we kind of got a lot of the setup for that with the Dornish being mentioned in Jamie chapter yep. here, and then we get to kind of learn a little bit more about why the Dornish showing up in this situation would be probably one of the worst things that could and happen. Following Tyrion, five is going to be Arya seven, Arya seven, and so get us in uh, Duckies for Tyrion five and Arya seven. Unfortunately, we already did do Arya eight. And so we'll have to wait. Uh, we can probably get those on the next thing, I guess. I mean, I guess you could probably even send your inductees for Aria 8 into Aria 7. Yeah, you could send inductees for Aria well. 8 into Aria 7 so, since we did already record it. Yeah, get us your inductees for the next few chapters. We will make sure we read them. So you can get those to us by sending them to our email, which is mo- where most people do, withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. If you would like to send us some messages on Facebook, facebook.com slash brotherhoodpodcast. We also have the private group there. You can gain access to that by checking out the Patreon, patreon.com slash withoutmanners, where we are going to be very soon, I think within the next few weeks, putting out the, the next Dunkin' Egg part, uh-huh. and that'll mean that Zach's finally blocked out the last portion. I have it fucking blocked out, you numb nuts. Whoa. He rages. You see him raging? See, that's always his go-to, is that I haven't blocked it out. I have it blocked out. He just doesn't ask for it, because he's never ready to do fucking Dunkin' Egg. Read Fire and Blood, you prick. Whoa. He's just immediately casting shade, because he's caught red-handed. It's because I've recorded an episode with Chloe, and like I want a new fucking co-host. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so send us messages, leave us reviews that are better than what Zach would say about me, or what I would say about Zach, I suppose. True. True as well. And I think that'll be... Go in be... preparation. Check out some Girls Gone Canon if you've yes, never listened to them because it's great content. Them, right. Follow them. Arbor. She's over there Yeah, read, read and the really stuff. Good. And her vlogs. Has... We're going to be... That'll all be in the show notes for that episode. Um, She's got different things. A but... fun little, like, pro tip. Read into some Ashara Dane before you listen to that episode because we talk a lot about uh, Ashara Dane during this We talk about heart. a lot of things. And you guys are going to love it. But, uh, Ballad to Harris? Peace.